Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. So today you've got Dan Bentley and you've got Tracy Newman from Impacto and today we're going to talk to you all about systems and what we mean when we say that is we're going to talk to you all about what we see as an opportunity in the sector to really transform from human or person-centred projects into actually creating an entire organisational system that allows your clients and the people that you're supporting to have a really meaningful impact right throughout your organisation. So let's get into it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one because I think this is an area of opportunity that we've been noticing lately is becoming sort of the next step of where a lot of organisations in the sector need to go. It's a common misconception or mistake that people are making is that they think, I want to build a person-centred organisation, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just start doing activities only that are going to change that. So what we mean by activities, we might have a project that's person-centered and that alone is not going to change the culture of your organization. It's a good starting point. Don't get us wrong. We're not saying there's anything wrong with that. We're just saying activities plus changing the culture and the way your organization works to become person-centered. That's where we really need to head. Because if we're going to create person-centered outcomes, we really need to change that system that is creating those outputs. And so that's what we're going to talk to you about today is, yeah, how does that all work? It's a concept that some people may be familiar with in terms of management operating systems. But yeah, it's something that maybe you haven't heard from this perspective. So we're going to go into a bit more detail. I think a really good analogy is, you know, when you talk about going on a diet and that works and people often see outcomes as a result of that. However, it's never as long lasting and it's never as beneficial as actually creating a lifestyle change that, you know, you do for the rest of your life. And then it just becomes how you live. And I think that's a really good sort of analogy to what we're talking about here. Again, it's not to say that, you know, doing activity is not good. It's just that you want to build it in to make it easy for everyone throughout your organisation to become really person-centred versus doing person-centred activities. So where do you reckon is the best place to start when you're thinking about this, Dan? Let's spend a little bit of time on the concept of a system, I think, just in case this is new for some of the listeners. Go into a bit of detail around that. So yeah, that's a great analogy with the diet. I hadn't heard that one before. I think that that's an awesome one. I think another analogy as well is looking at like a um, production line. So if you want to change the output on a production line, so the product or whatever it is you're making, you've got to change the inputs along that production line. And it's very similar, but we don't often think of an organization that maybe provides a service in that way. Well, we always have meetings and we always have had a strategy and we've always, you know, had services that we provide. And quite often, one of the traps that people fall into in leadership positions is not looking at how those things all sort of fit together and how that's designed. So I think that's where it does start to answer your question. I think it's about looking at your organization as that system and, and, and thinking of it as, you know, what is the output we're producing? And then going back and looking at all those different parts along the production line to then go, well, what would we need to change if we wanted to change that end product or that end service? So I think, you know, if we want to talk systems, what we mean by a system is, is that a system is essentially all the different things that make up your organization's outputs. So it's your meetings, it's your strategy, 
It's how you reward and recognize your staff, what you're communicating about throughout the organization and when you communicate and all those sorts of things. It's your team meetings. It's your end of financial year discussions. You know, it's absolutely all those things. They all are part of a system. And essentially what you want to try and do is is look at that and go, well, if we want to make a person-centered organization, what would we need to change in that so that we create a person-centered outcome? A really great place to start is if you're finding a sticking point. So if you find that your staff are regularly doing something and you wish that they were doing something else, then that's a really good place to look further. Because if you want people to be, you know, people centric, however, actually doing that is a lot more difficult than operating the way that you've always done, then You need to change that to make what you want people to do easier than what you don't want them to do. That's often a really good indicator of where to start looking when you're thinking about your organisation as a system. Yeah, and I'd also add to that as well. Like, First, I think it really starts with you as the leaders being on board with that philosophy as well, like understanding that you do want to make your organisation a person-centred organisation. I think we still encounter leaders that are on board with the idea but are thinking of it from a, oh, I'm willing to give this up. I think where we need to head is for leadership teams to all be on board to say like we are building a person-centered organization. I think that's a first step. And then from there, I think it starts with your strategy. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that we talk about a lot with our innovative and impactful organization work and our innovative impact program. You got to start from your strategy. If you're running projects and you're running you know, engagement activities and your strategy has not been informed by what your people need and it's not heading in a person-centered direction, in a client-centered direction, then you're going to get some disconnects further down the track. So I think that's where we also need to start is strategy is part of that system, You know, making sure that you've involved clients, involved stakeholders, involved people with lived experience so that every single thing that you do and all your activities will come out of that. Yeah, I think that's really important for two reasons. One, obviously the output is important and your actual strategy is really important. It also sends a really powerful message throughout the organisation, doesn't it? So, you know, what people see you do versus what you say, and that's a really important way to really set that tone for the organisation. Yeah, I think then it's all about those communications and all of your different meetings that you have so we, we hear this a lot, right? So we hear organizations saying, our leadership team's on board and we're keen to create a person-centered organization, but it's the front line and the middle managers. Like that's the problem. Like we're on board, but nothing's happening. They're not changing the way that they work. And we've had this conversation many times and go like, okay, so how do you know that? And then also what's your team doing about that? Because are you really on board if you're walking like you know the whole everyone's heard this before which is like you know you set the standard of what you're willing to walk past right and so if someone is creating a new program and they haven't involved people how would you know that if you've given that direction and that's not happening do you get some sort of reporting or feedback to know that that's the case and if that does happen like what are you doing about that how serious are you taking this because you might want to ask well what what got in the way there we've got on our strategy and we've been communicating that it's all about this what got in the way? And it might be the person's like, you know what? I don't know how to do that. I've never been trained. Or we don't have a way to do that. Like I would have to somehow find the names of 20 clients and call them up and randomly ask them. And I just didn't have time. You wanted this delivered within a month. 
So you look at something like that and you go, well, I kind of get that. So that's some good feedback for you around how your system works. But then it also could be, you can take that away and go, oh, how could we make that easy for people? So maybe it is about giving everybody the capability and empowering them to be able to do that. So training is one thing and having that capability within your organization. But the other part of it too is, is that, is there a process that's actually easier or as easy as not engaging with people, you know? Other advisory groups that people on the board can get feedback from, are there engagement groups that can be involved in your project where you can take an artifact to and go, can we get your feedback on this? Or, hey, we're about to launch something. Can we talk to a few people to try and get some insights before we get started? Creating those sorts of parts in your system will actually make it a hell of a lot easier for your people to do a good job and it will empower them to do a good job. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. I think the other great thing about a system is that it's, it's kind of a way of hanging everything together. So when you're just completing activities, but there's no sort of connective tissue between those activities, you run the risk of, you know, things going in a slightly different direction. Whereas if everything's kind of all brought together, you just get to follow the bouncing ball as opposed to looking to create and design all those different elements as you go. It makes it so much easier for everybody to understand what comes next, understand what's required from them, but it also makes it so much easier for them to make all of those tiny little everyday decisions. So it's really about moving from being reactive into sort of setting up that system so that people can kind of know what's coming next and they can actually just be really confident in taking action. Yeah, no, I agree. We totally get what's happening at the moment in most parts of the sector like there's a lot of change and you know we speak to a lot of leaders who are just sort of saying look you know this is just an it's something that I want to do but it's one of those things that I just don't you know to execute it well my team and I we just don't have the ability just to stop everything that we're doing and like we totally get that and that is a challenge that everybody's having but the thing is if you set this up properly now it will save you time and make things easier in the long run that's the thing of of this and setting up a system rather than just trying to manage a bunch of activities too will actually you can set it up in a way where you can get reporting from this system and so you can easily sort of juggle multiple things at once and make that easy for yourself so i'll give you an example like we talk a lot about our insights to action process and i will put a link in the show notes to what that is because we've got a good article on that one but essentially what it is is it's it's a way to set up like a a system, a system within your big system, I guess, to understand what are the top things your clients like and what are the top things that they want fixed. And what that allows you to do, if you think about it from a system perspective as a senior leader, is you can say, look, I want reporting from whoever's running that within your organization. And I want to see every week or every month or whatever it might be that you would like that on. What are our top complaints? And then I'd also know which ones are being worked on and who's looking after those. And also, which from the previous month have been delivered and what are some of the impact results you're getting from that? So that's a really easy way for you to be able to go, okay, if I'm thinking I'm sitting there at home on a, I don't know, Sunday night like we do and go, geez, 
how are we going around improving the client experience or how are we going in terms of becoming a person-centered organization? You could go, well, on Monday, I'm going to go have a look at that report and I'm going to see where we're at. And you'll know, geez, this team has worked through the last top 10 opportunities and the impact they've got from that is X, Y, Z. And that way, you know that that system is set up, there's regular routines, there's regular meetings, and there's reporting coming out the other end that is going to tell you what's happening. But on the contrary as well, if you're still kind of feeling like, oh, geez, maybe then it's not happening the way, you can go in there and you can look at that report and go, hang on a minute, I didn't get the report. Or you could also even find a solution of like, hey, they're not actually moving on some of this stuff. Let me go and explore that or get somebody else to explore that and try and understand what's getting in the way. And again, you can tweak that system so that you get a different output. Yeah, it's such a great system. I've seen so many insights that have happened really quickly, even just as a result of a group of people getting together from different areas and actually talking about what's creating these issues. Because sometimes it's just down to, you know, a bit of a lack of communication. A team might think that an issue's been resolved and the other team thinks that it can't be fixed, so they're busy working around it and the other guys think, oh, well, it was fixed ages ago and everyone's sort of spending a lot of time and wasting energy working around things that they don't actually need to work around because they could get it resolved. Pushing effort out onto clients saying they need to fill out four documents when in actual fact there's really only two that are needed now. So even just from the very perspective of getting a group of people from across the organisation together to talk about what's important for your clients and finding out where those irritants are and really powerfully prioritising them. So that means instead of trying to work on everything and really getting none of the issues resolved, they're clear about like what's most important, they've prioritised them and they can work through them so that you can actually come out the other end with something being achieved as opposed to that people working really hard and they've got lots of things coming at them and they're really doing one-tenth of ten things as opposed to getting one thing finished and resolved. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits from from working in this way. And I think hmm. if you're sitting there listening to this and you're, and you're going, well, geez, what could I do to get started? You now, we've talked about getting your team on board with this way of thinking. You've talked a bit about strategy and even just some of the more operational elements that you could do. But I think a really good starting point is just to map out what is your current system. So, you know, you can do that with post-it notes and some some paper and pens and stuff and start from strategy through to how do we plan, how do we, what reporting do we get and all those bits and what are the meetings and the operational routines and, and what are our processes and all that. Or you could even do it using, you know, an online sort of thing like Miro or you know, any type of mind mapping or process mapping type software. You could even do it in like a, just a, any sort of a you know, document, PowerPoint, whatever. But at the end of the day, you get the idea, right? You could just build this thing yourself and go, this is what it is and we know what the current outputs are. So what parts of the organization do we need to change and in what way can we set them up? And this is the most important part. It's about how do we set these things up so that they become a routine? And that's the big difference between a system versus activities. Activities are usually standalone. They are something that happened once and you need to keep your eye on them to make sure they happen again. Routines are things that are reoccurring. People have responsibilities and there's outputs so that you can see if these routines are continuously happening, like that there's no meeting in the calendar. You know, there's no outcomes from those meetings. It's also another important output. So you're able to, yeah, see all these things and you kind of know if it's working. But on the other side of it too, 
that's the best thing about setting up routines with having like, you know, something that happens weekly or monthly or whatever it is, is that you can really easily understand how well that is working as well and the impact that you're having. And I think that's what most people listening to this podcast are all about is that impact. And this is just another great way of being able to make sure that you're continuously improving and having that impact on your clients and the people that you support. Yeah, I think one of the great things about that impact is not only that there are great outcomes that are caused from having that impact, but internally, you know, for your people, when they can see that what they're doing is having a measurable result, it gives you that energy to keep going on those days where it feels like you're not getting anywhere. So being able to sort of see that impact really easily and having those really great conversations within the organization all about that impact is kind of what gets everybody up and out of bed on those really difficult days and and it it encourages you to you know have a little bit more energy and try harder because you can actually see the outcomes of of all of the hard work that you're putting in yeah it's a good point you know the engagement side of things can't be overlooked humans we love to collaborate yeah i think at the end of the day everybody wants to create a person-centered organization i think that's where we're all heading but there are true obstacles that do get in the way and i think that's our role as leaders is to take those obstacles away and make it easy for people and i think if you do that you're going to get the outcome but i think you've you're just sort of standing there waving fists going come on guys like you know be more innovative or be more sort of person-centered, it might take some time to get that through because, I mean, the reality is you're asking people to change how they work. We are creatures of habit often and, you know, for people to feel like they can get out there and do something different, we really got to support them. You really got got to give them that support and empower them and I think that's the most important part, you know. Give them that training, give them these processes, give them these groups that they can engage with Give them a strategy that's showing them where you're heading as an organization and why it's so important to get this right so you win over their hearts and minds so that they are like, there's no other choice, you know, that, that, that everybody really wants to create this outcome and, and create that person-centered organization so you can achieve what you want to achieve for your clients. And yeah, I think you get those pieces right, you're going to get the right output. If you're still not getting those things right, well, again, you've got to go back and look at that system. And I think looking at it from that way makes something that feels like so many moving parts if you can wrap that thing up and then understand where it is and where it isn't working, it can really help you to understand where to get started and what to do next. Okay, great. Well, so far we've looked at the strategy, we've looked at how you can actually map out your existing system and have a look at all the different places that there's opportunities. And also, you know, we've, we've talked about how important it is for your people to really be able to see the impact. Is there anything else that you think that we need to add today, Dan? No, I think you've covered it, Trace. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.